Welcome to LaTarte on Location. I'm Steve LaTarte, and guys, when you spent more than 20 years of your life traveling the road as a NASCAR crew chief and now as an NBC analyst, you're bound to meet some interesting characters, and today's character is truly one of a kind. With LaTarte on Location, the goal is to bring you closer to some of the personalities that I've connected with in some great places, so sit back. And relax and ready for some off-the-grid conversations. Today, let me set the stage. I'm in my office. I'm sitting in the television booth at Bristol Motor Speedway, high atop the grandstands, looking down at a bustling garage, getting ready for the Food City 500. But in front of that garage is a big night race Bass Pro Shops stage. And I'm talking to the man performing on the stage later, my buddy Tim Duggar. Duggar, man, welcome to the pod. Oh, man, thanks for having me on here. So I got a lot of questions. First of all, congratulations because I've had a lot of guests on the pod, but they've all been completely racing-related. And while I think you are racing-related, uh, um, you're at least one circle away from the racing realm. <laughs> yeah. I think you're known as, like, the country music star that hits all of the races. But uh, I got to know the whole story, the whole story. So start – just start with the now. You're here in Bristol. What, what are you What are you doing here? Yeah, we're. Uh, you know, I've, I played Bristol. I'm not sure how many times. Probably this might be seventh or eighth time. Uh, it's first time actually in the track, so that's it's going to be really exciting. Uh, I'm always glad to be here at Bristol. My dad's from near here, and uh, yeah, I, I love playing the races. You know, hanging hanging out with friends and getting to watch racing and and play country music. It doesn't it doesn't suck at all. It's it's a good deal. <laughs> I asked you earlier, and I hate talking to my guests before they come on, but I, I had a couple questions for you. So when I look down on your stage today, we're talking a 4.30 show pre-race. What's tougher, the sober 4.30 fan or the 10 o'clock party on infield fan? Uh, the sober fan is way. You know, and down here you're kind of – you're kind of a second thought because you know everybody's yeah, getting right, right. everybody's getting ready for the race. I mean, uh, so but it's it's going to be great to be able to look up here. I was during sound check looking at you know the banners and looking at uh, this amazing place. It's like this this is awesome being able to do this. You know, usually I play outside the track, and of course it's after the race, and everybody's a lot looser. Uh, so those are to me those are the easy shows. Right. But, uh, a show like today will play a lot lot more original music. You know, you can kind of get people to listen better uh, during the day. I think you know, you can try out some new songs. People are listening to the lyrics, and uh, I'm just glad to be here. I'm you know really lucky uh, to be able to. Have gotten my music in uh, to the to the racing circle, and you know, get to do so many of them. This is like uh, my third race just this month playing, so it's a it's a fun time. So we're gonna circle back around and, and figure out how you ended up here in the NASCAR. But take take me all the way back. When I talk to race car drivers, or even me as a crew chief, you know, I'm from a racing family. My dad builds race cars. That's why I'm in it. Our buddy Dale Jr. His dad raced. You know, so how did I read your bio? I did my homework. How did a young kid who grew up in Alabama, like at what point did you say, man, I think I'm going to sing. I think I'm going to be a country star. My dad was a long-distance truck driver, and uh, he would come home. He ran throughout my early childhood. He ran Atlanta, Boston, L.A. That was his run. He might do it a couple times before coming home. And back, uh, back then, if you bought so much oil, you got, like, cassette tapes. So my dad would come home with, like, uh, bags of cassettes, and I would, for some reason, I just took a liking to it. I, m neither one of my parents played. There was a guitar in the house, but they, n neither one of them's musically at all. Okay. So I just fell in love with it. With all, I mean, it was stuff I shouldn't even been into. I mean, it was you know a lot of Merle Haggard. I was gonna say, what are we talking? We're talking like old school country. Oh yes, uh, Red Soul Vine, a lot of those old trucker songs, and 
uh, you know, of course, a lot of the 90s country. Uh, I, I actually found some of those old tapes the other night. My mom brought me like three trash bags full of cassettes. And so I was going through ones I used to listen to. I'd listen to them, and then I'd record over them of me singing them. And I'd do the intro. You know, I'd act like Paul Harvey one minute. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, so, yeah, it's uh, nobody in my family did it, but for some reason I just fell in love with it and wanted to be able to sing like those guys. And uh, my parents, you know, they were never pushed me to do it, but they were supportive. If I needed a, you know, wanted a guitar or a PA system and, you know, singing in church, of course, and it was. Uh, so is that where, it, well, you you know, you listen to songs, but is that where it really started, where other people could hear you sing was in church? Yeah, it started in church and our local Pizza Hut. I'd get up on the table and you sing. Got, like, you're going to have to get a little more detail on yeah. the local Pizza Hut. So I would go there. They'd have this, like, back when Pizza Huts, I guess, had pictures of beer and stuff. I mean, that was like, oh, the, that was our fancy restaurant in our, and, you know, oh, near I love our it. Town. Large, large pepperoni of pitcher, man. Yeah. How and could I it go like, wrong? My dad's like, I'll take you to Pizza Hut, but you got to sing. And I'd go over there and put like a quarter in the jukebox and I'd get up and sing, you know, ain't nothing but a hound dog. It's probably three or four years old. And make, I mean, I'd get up there like kind of the Forrest Gump look. and <laughs> You put I, the whole show oh, on. Oh, for pizza, I would have I done it in a minute. You mentioned pizza, I was in. Uh. Uh, so that, and then my grandma uh, started taking me to church and, and singing, you know, the hymns. And uh, me and my sister had a little gospel duet. We actually had an old, old bus and everything. We traveled around. and um, So, yeah, I, lo- I still love gospel music. Uh, try to throw one in every now and then, but uh, I'm kind of uh, – I feel bad sometimes because sometimes we're a little bit uh, too rowdy to be do, doing gospel music. But I, I <laughs> promise, yeah, I promise my grandma I'd always do a gospel song. Oh, so I like that. Now I didn't know. So your sister sang. I didn't yep. know that. She's seven years older than me, and by about the, we we sang in a gospel duet till I was about twelve or thirteen, and then it wasn't cool for her to be singing with little brother. Mm, you know, yeah, she got to that, that age. I can see that. And uh, so we. Uh, I, then I was like, this is my shot to be able to do country music. So I started learning how to play guitar and just working VFW's American Legions and That's little so parties. Awesome. And yeah, it's, I've been Cause, playing. Because let's be clear, you're talking VFW American Legion because you weren't old enough to go to a bar yet. No. I mean, you're way too young. I'd play a set and have to go sit outside. Oh, yeah. you couldn't even hang out in the I bar. I couldn't hang out, no. They'd book you in a heartbeat because you didn't yeah. cost the bar nothing. Oh, yeah. They, they don't have to worry about this band. They don't drink at all. <laughs> and all my musicians were older and uh, – my mom would work the door sometimes, and, you know, m- my parents would pay the band. There would be like 10 people show up, and they'd lose $500, right. a, you know, a night. But they were supportive, and, you know, my dad's with me today. I mean, my dad goes probably 90% of my shows still, and, I, you know, he's getting older now, and I have to tell him, Dad, you don't have to come. You can right. you can just stay at home and fish. And But it's uh, it, I'm very blessed to have had parents uh, that, you know, didn't push me. They wasn't like, oh, you, got, you need to get up and sing, and, uh, they just allowed me to to do it. Well, I'd love to get a picture of your dad today, then, because there's no way he's not going to be proud. Just set the stage again. We're sitting in the TV booth, Bristol Motor Speedway, high above the front stretch stage. New this year. Normally, outside is the entertainment. This year, Bristol brought it inside. Duggar's playing there. I want to picture your dad because, A, it's not a late set. It's 4.30 in the afternoon. But, I mean, this is the Coliseum. I mean, we've had the biggest football game ever has happened here as far as the biggest crowd, right, back the Battle of Bristol. We've seen, uh, I mean, what moment we want to talk about, right? Is it is it Senior Wreck and Terry? Uh, is it Dale Jr. big win here? I mean, we've seen so many. It's a great place. Um, I've grown up here. I love this place. But you and I have connected because – so you're a country guy. You, you grow up. 
you're playing all these bars, but but connect the dots. Like when you get out of high school, did, is it all in? Are you all in as a country star? I uh, I had a, two jobs like besides music. Ever I was I washed dishes at a restaurant for two weeks because I owed a guy some money and I uh, music, two weeks yeah music wasn't paying. Uh, that's a that's a funny story. I played this gig near my hometown. Uh, it's my first paying gig. I think it paid like two hundred bucks. That's a big day. Yeah, and I had this, I was probably sixteen and I had this girl with me and I wanted that this guy was selling like these pawn shop guitars yep. and of course you know I get up done playing i'm like oh girl I'll, I'll buy you a guitar i just i mean i'm rolling in the money now <laughs> my man just give me two bills yeah hundred dollars and then i was out of money and uh i needed i was like where's the gigs at you know no yeah, more right. gigs so i had to go get a a job washing dishes and then i worked at a radio station for about a month being a board operator for the nascar races you know inserting the uh Commercials and all, and I got fired from that because I'd come in early and and play music. I'd you know I'd be like the DJ, and he's like, I didn't hire you to do that, and I'm like, oh, it worked out. So that's the only two things I've ever done besides music. So six weeks of a real job. Yep, yep, that's it. I like it, man. That's full commitment, full yep. commitment. So your first ever gig was it? Tell me about two hundred dollar gig. Do you remember like the moment? Yep, it was at a place called Tin Shop Alabama, a little convenience store. And the guy just wanted to do like a little show, and I'm, sh- I think like 15 people showed up, and I played uh, acoustic, just me and a guitar, and I went in depth, and I've I've been in depth ever since that, <laughs> since that day. <laughs> the starving, yeah, the starving artist yeah, yeah. is real. Yeah, so I, oh, born I to break it. even. I love it. All right, so you're from Alabama, though. You now reside in Nashville. Yeah. Nashville's country music star. You got to be in Nashville. Yeah, you got to be there too. Uh, that's. And that's where it's at. It's like, you know, a race car driver being in Charlotte. You just got to be there. So if I remember correctly, you, you got to take me back. So you start to build your gig up. Was there not – did I dream about a Tim Duggar reality show? There was one. Uh, I didn't dream it then. No, there was one there for a little bit that kind of followed me around a little bit about trying to make it, and that was pre-record deal stuff. That was trying to get a record deal. So this deal. is pre-deal. You're still uh, yeah. playing bars. And, and they're uh, following you around for the for the di- the behind the scenes of Tim Duggar. Yeah, these guys showed up at my house uh, from New York, uh, New York City, and they were scared to death. They've never been down a dirt road, and I, you know, I live down a, a probably three mile dirt road in Alabama, no neighbors, and they were scared to death. And so, yeah, we did that. Ways didn't connect the dots on that no, one. No, Ways. If you come in the back way, the GPS brings you the back way uh, to my parents' house. You have to forge two creeks. And so, wait, 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 whoa, whoa, whoa. Forge as in, like, no bridge. No, you got to go through them. You got to drive on through them. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, it <laughs> freaks people out. It's not too bad. But, yeah. It, that should, <laughs> no, that should freak some people out. At no point. New York City, it definitely freaked them out. I mean, I'm a North Carolina guy, and I can't think of any roads I've been driving down that through a creek is the correct path. Oh, yeah, yeah. Th- through the cr- through the creek, get out and walk kind of thing. It was uh, – I wish there, I would have, you know, had a buddy down there playing banjo when they tried to get through the creek, you know, deliverance. Um, I think that would have been great. But, yeah, I did that deal. And, I mean, it was, it was, you know, I was excited about it. I was like, you know, just trying to figure some way to be different and some way to, you know, get discovered and not knowing how because there's no formula how. You know, still working on that. And uh, just, uh, yeah, it was uh, it was cool to have that and kind of, you know, that kind of started rolling me into the race racing stuff a little bit. So, so that's why I was wondering. So, obviously, um, 
you know, I had the chance to meet you because you play a lot of the racetracks. So, so help me connect the dots. How does a up-and-coming country star from Alabama, wh- where was the pathway or where did you end up? Who did you meet first? How did you end up at a racetrack? I was um, at the Talladega race that Brian Vickers won. Uh, oh, I remember that finish. I was at that race. A couple race. cars spinning on the back stretch. Yep, yep, yep big finish. Uh, Jimmy and, and Junior, yep. you know. And I was leaving there. I stopped in Oxford with some buddies, and there was this so guy. So when you were there, you were there as a fan. I was at, in the stands. Didn't the know stands. a soul. Didn't know a soul. Old enough to race. now. I wasn't. Oh, you were? I was 20. Oh, boy. Um, So I was – I don't think I was old enough to drink yet. I wasn't drinking, but, yep. I mean, there was plenty around me. And uh, I wa- we were at this little restaurant, and this guy walked in decked out in RCR stuff, Dale Earnhardt RCR stuff. And uh, – we kind of got to talking. He kind of was sitting around. He was kind of a you know outgoing guy. Yeah. And when he got to leave, he's uh, buddy of mine. I, I'm not one of these. I'm a singer. Hey man, yeah, nice right. to meet you. You know, I, a buddy of mine's like, hey man, my my friend here, he sings and he's you know he has some songs he's written about racing and so he gave it to him. And two weeks later, this guy shows up at a show. And he's like, hey, I want I want to take you to North Carolina and meet Richard Richard Childress. I, I think I think he'd like you. I was like. <laughs> Okay, so a month after that, I was having lunch with Richard Childress at the winery, and uh, Richard's like, "Hey man, uh, like your stuff, and I, you know, I'd like to help you and introduce you to some people, and you know, it'd be cool if you could play some races." And he's like, "I'm on, I'm on, I'm gonna call some people, and and kind of him and Mike Dillon got me in Atlanta and Talladega, and." Uh, I mean, when RC's calling your behalf, I mean, you're up the chain. Yeah, and I'm talking was, Hall of you know, Famer. Growing, growing, up, growing up a big Earnhardt fan, getting to even sit there. I'm not a big salad guy, but he set a salad down there in front of me, and I cleaned my plate. <laughs> uh, I was like, whatever Richard Childers, I mean, I, I'm not going to sit here and act like I don't like salads. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to clean this plate. And I'm like, this is probably the first time I've cleaned a plate on a salad. Uh, but, yeah, having having him and, you know, you know, then getting to know Austin and, and – you know, that just kind of spiraled into started playing a bunch of NASCAR stuff. And um, I was like, you know what? <laughs> My honest thought is, like, if I get to playing these races, I might meet somebody uh, that owns a record label. Because I know, you know, there's some yeah. – I knew, I knew Curb was into racing. Yep. And I'll be dang if I wasn't playing the fan zone uh, in Daytona and Mike Curb's there. So, and, so connect the dots for the fans that listen at home. When he says Curb – um, help me, there's a lot of – I mean, you've seen Curb on so many Xfinity cars, Cup cars, dirt cars, sprint cars. Mike Curb has been a huge supporter of racing, both as a sponsor. I don't even want to say an owner. Oh, yeah. He uh, was uh, – I think he was part owner of Richard Petty's 200th win. Yeah, and, right. Uh, Dale Sr.'s rookie. You got Curb, Curb, Agajanian, all those guys connected. So so you're playing the fan zone, and here – I mean, you thought you had a connection – and here is Mike Kerr in the crowd. So, but before we go too far, though, who was the mystery guy from RCR? Do I get to know who it was? Yeah, uh, his name was Bill Hunt, and he actually just passed away about a month ago. Uh, and he was—I wish I'd have had a, a million Bill Hunts. I'd, I'd, I'd be everywhere because he was, uh, you know, one of my main supporters and, and always pushing me. He—he liked—he pushed three things: Tim Duggar, Frank Kimmel. And and RCR racing. That's that's you know <laughs> that's even, even, yeah even at uh at his funeral it was you know he was buried in an RCR shirt so he was RCR all the way and uh, really you know helping me just you know just making connections and always talking about me and he was the guy that really dug in there and got me going uh, playing these races and and entered, you know 
introducing me to Richard and Mike Dillon and, and Tina, and we just kind of all hit it off. And, you know, I, I still think of them as like my second family. I, I, I talk to Miss Tina probably, you know, once a month. We'll talk on the phone and see Mike and um, Texan RC every now and then. And he's got me, you know, so much stuff and getting to do stuff for um, – for Johnny Morris and, and Textron. And I mean, I'm doing so much, you know, kind of private gigs, uh, all from, all from RC. I mean, he's, uh, really, he's my hero. He, he's the man. Well, he's every, he, he's a hero for a lot of guys. I do have some questions. I follow you on social media. So you unfortunately have a lot of questions to answer because it's an impressive social media. But so, so you, you tell, you play a couple racetracks, you play the fan zone, Mike Curb. I mean, talking about recording artists. I mean, he's he's one of the guys. He's he's one of the guys. Did, did, I mean, where, so is he the first? Where did you where did you first sign? I signed uh, with Curb. That was the first. So you met him at this fan zone. Met him at the fan zone. He he had he kind of walked by and was kind of. I didn't know who he was. Right. I, I didn't even. I mean, know I know him by name, but I couldn't pick him out either. I didn't. I didn't know who he was. I so I get done um plan and I, I had a bus at the time so I go I go back to the bus and I'm changing I put you know you saw me a few months ago I had yeah, jorts right. and flip flops. Yeah yeah. Um which so, for the record you're the first person to ever dress up for the podcast. Yeah, Took the jorts like, off got, put some jeans know, on yeah, got, some cowboy boots yeah, I like this. Yeah gotta gotta look the part you know <laughs> um so I was I had changed and Mike Dillon called me. You know, and anybody that knows Mike he's very animated and when he wants and when he's got something on his mind he's gonna if he if he can focus on it long enough, he's gonna get it done. He's like, Duggar, you gotta get down here. My curb wants to meet you right now. I was like, Okay. I ran down there in flip flops and, and shorts and um meet him and he kinda looked me over like he was looking at a car and started asking me questions and At that I, point did you go, Man, I should have put my jeans back on. I was like, Oh, he's you know, I'm trying to get through to him that you know you know, I write songs, I sing. I'm in Nashville, you know, back and forth. I still live in Alabama, but I was like, how do I sell myself, you know, on the spot? Yeah, right. Right here? This right. is my only shot of trying to sell myself and, and what little little bit of a show. You, um, and so two weeks later, he calls, and it was the Ronald Reagan centennial year. And so they were doing a lot of stuff around that. He's like, uh, will you come to L.A. and play? I was like, sure, I'll do it. So I went out there, and uh, I had what I was going to play. I, I had three songs. This is what I'm going to do. This is what I think I ought to do. And they throw the national anthem on me out of nowhere. Mm. And halfway through that, I mean, I was like, well, this was a fun trip. I got to see California. This is cool. Uh, this ain't going to work. Yeah, I was like, oh, man, this is bad. You know, the, the love the anthem, but, I, you know. It's, so, I've, it's, so I've read, uh, you know, from everyone. The biggest stars that that's the most pressure packed because because to your point the, the patriotism everyone knows it everyone knows every word and you're going to be compared against everyone in it's the world who anyone has sang the national anthem yeah, and it's you're not going to make anybody happy yeah you know yep. you're, it's it's you know it's uh, and if you mess it up you you hate America yeah <laughs> you, know? yeah. So yeah, I mean, you get the words wrong yeah. my daughter sings it at uh, Millbridge she likes to sing and and that's a sweetheart. Uh, I'm not worried about on pitch or on key. I don't care if you have to write the words down in case you get nervous. You can't mess up the words. No, no. Right, like I know it sounds silly, yeah, but I know the, the nerves words. in the situation. So, so that's, you thought that's halfway all through. All I can do is try to just get out the words. But it was early, you know, me being in Alabama and, mm -hmm. and being out there. I just knew I'd bombed it, and because uh, I did bomb it, it was terrible. <laughs> and uh, anyway, got to talking, and uh, he's like, "This is what I want to do." 
I want to sign you to a deal, and I want Austin to start his first race in the 98 Curb car for Mike Curb. I want him to drive his first race for Curb. And so it all kind of put it together, and Austin made his uh, first cup start at Kansas, and I signed a record deal. So, yeah. That's crazy. Yeah, so that's how that all kind of lined up and, and went. And that's where, you know, knowing so many people in racing, it's so similar. I mean, everybody's just, you know, looking for the opportunity to, to you know, show what they can do. And the uh, that, I, I guess that's how I kind of relate to a lot of these guys. You know, it's um, – you know, instead of starting in the smoky bars like I did, and you know they start at the you know the short track and just it's a, it to me racing and music is a, a lot of a lot of similarities and and how you try to try to get there and you know of course right now you know we got a e, new EP coming out in December well late November and I've not had music out in five years I've not had any you know music out mm-hmm. like that so. Really excited! I've gotten, I've gotten. I feel like I've got my guys, yep, you know, that yep. I'm, I'm writing with and recording with, and the label's excited. So I'm ex- really excited about this music, and uh, it's awesome that it comes out. And like the next week, NASCAR is coming to Nashville. So it's uh, oh it's, man, uh, oh yeah, yeah. yeah so it's it's really weird how, how things kind of line up. So I'm I'm really excited uh, to to have new music out, and I, I think it's going to be the best stuff I've ever done. So uh, we're going to get back to, to your new music. We're going to talk about your first album. Um, it's a, it runs on my, on my boat all the time when I'm out on the lake. I blame you. My wife says it gets stuck in my head, and I can't sing, so she gets a little mad at me at times. Uh, but I do some quick hitters with everybody, kind of in the middle of the podcast. So we're going to run through. This is everything under the sun. We're not looking for a lot of thought. We're looking for a lot of honesty. So rowdiest place you've ever played, rowdiest show? Uh, it'd be Toss Up, T- Talladega, or Watkins Glen. There's, Walking Glen's a sneaky one. Yep. I never thought that it would be wild, but it is very wild. Uh, biggest flop. What's the biggest show that you were like, okay, that just because. Uh, the National Anthem. Deal. Oh, that you go all the way Any, back. Anytime I do, you know, I kind of try to avoid it. Of mm-hmm. course, you don't want to turn it down because America. Uh, oh, yeah, you got, yeah, you, <laughs> you can't turn it down. Yeah. But, yeah, that one, I, I feel like I flop every time. All right, it's all right. It's consistent. Go-to drink when you go out. Everybody has one. Bud Light. Yep. Yeah, I, or I, any any light beer. Cold. Cold. Bud anything light. cold, you'll yeah, take it. Yeah. All right. Um, I want to know this because a drive guy or a fly guy? You like a good road trip or you rather just get there? I'd rather drive. Uh, I think it's part of the, the truck driver's son in me. I like to be by myself. If somebody rides with me, I get tired. If I'm by myself, it's just me and, you know, listen to the radio and, and you know, talk radio most of the time. But, um, yeah, podcast and 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 that so yeah it's um i like to drive by myself dream venue and who are you opening for uh well the one i always wanted to passed away would have been that's fine it could be merle haggard i always wanted to open up for him i got to play with willie uh two years ago so that was that was close we're gonna come back to that okay (laughs) that was close um so yeah, I you know the Ryman Auditorium. Yeah, you know yeah, that would, about it. that would be it. The you know the original Grand Ole Opry, the home of country music. That that'd be uh, that'd be the one. I, I don't see that's a bad uh, that's a bad thing at all. Um, who's cooler, country music stars or race car drivers? I like I like race car drivers. I mean that's my <laughs> that's my buddies. You know, oh. it's, you know it's uh, to me it's uh, you know with music it's such a you know entertainment thing and, and of course I you know I, I see that all the time I'm like you know friends of mine I'm like I wish that they could people could get to know them like I know them they'd be 
you know, even a bigger fan of them. You know, so yeah. I feel that way about country singers and and racers. But you know, race car drivers, they're, they're cool. They get to go way faster. Well, and I feel like I get to know an artist. So I feel like I know people that I don't know. So you and I hang out on, but even when I see you perform, I feel like your fans get to know you much like if I go to anyone's show because there's a personality to that performance where a race car driver what they do is amazing, but they're locked down, helmet buckled in. You can't really see them. You don't get to know them, yeah. Right, right. And, and you get, you know, you get that, you know, thirty seconds of them mm-hmm. or an interview here and there talking about racing, and you don't really get to uh, see the guy. And you know, I've, I've, you know, I've met guys that, you know, the fans, they're they're not the fan favorite. And I'm like, well, I think if you got to know them, you, yeah, right, you know, probably right. be one of your favorite guys. Uh, so yeah, it's uh, to me music, you know, is stories. So you can tell stories, and, and people can get to know you a lot better. But uh, I think, you know, going back to that, I think race. I mean, race car driving is cool. Marty Robbins. I mean, he got to do a little bit of both of it. So yeah, that's, he really. That's the coolest. I can't br- drive like that. <laughs> he brought the big new level. Talking about my buddy Tim Duggar from the TV booth. I brought him to my office so he could see what's going on. We're up this here. This is awesome. The, you like this? We're up yeah, at the TV cool. booth above Bristol Motor Speedway right before the Food City 500. The night race here in just a couple hours. My man Duggar is going to fire up the pre-race concert. I keep looking down to see as the crowd fills in. A uh, little bit different show this this yeah. time. It's going to be middle of the day, not after the race. Um, so let's go back to your recording career. You're talking about you have some new uh, stuff coming out. We're going to get to that. But how about your first album? Um, what was more nerve-wracking, right? The first time that you got to play for, say, Mike Curb or sign your deal or when that album hit? Well, I um, I got to work with a producer that I, I'd always wanted to work with, Keith Stegall, who has produced every Alan Jackson record except except one. Mm-hmm. And Alan Jackson being a hero of mine. I, I, always, I can drink some beer to Alan Jackson, yeah, let yeah. me tell you. So I, uh, I was like, I always wanted to be signed to Curb because, you know, Curb just, you know, Mike – put that curb name out everywhere mm-hmm. so you kind of know it as a kid i knew i knew curb and rca i knew those two labels i knew i knew who mike curb was and i was like i, I want to be you know i want to be on curb yep and i wanted key stigall to produce me and i got to do that and i think that hindsight i, I think i was so starstruck and excited to do it i, I feel like i didn't you know Put enough Tim Duggar in it. Yeah, right. Know? It was just yes. Yep. Yeah, yep. 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 Good idea. So Great idea. It's, yeah. Um, that was nerve wracking, mm-hmm. but I wouldn't change it for the world mm-hmm. to be able to work with those guys and, um, you know, get, getting to work. I got to work with Jim Ed Norman early uh, in my career and uh, recording and and cutting stuff with Jim Ed, who's you know Eagles, Hank Jr., Linda Ronstadt. I mean, just you know, he helped put the Eagles together. I mean, he's <laughs> he's the man, but. You know, here in the last two years, I was like, you know what, I don't want – I want to find my my guy. And I uh, had options to go work with people that's, you know, known and, and have success. And I, I was riding with a guy, and we just kind of hit it off. He's like, hey, man, if you uh, – I produce, I play guitar. If you ever need anything, I'm here. And we just kept riding, and I was like, I, I believe in you like you believe in me. And I was like, I want to work with you. And I kind of fought it. It took me about a year to, you know, tr- us to prove ourselves. Right. And now we're getting a, we're getting our shot to make music, and uh, really excited about people hearing it. Is it uh, like is that like unless so you listen? I only know two types of relationships. I know what it's like to be married, and I know what it's like to be someone's crew chief. Yep. So so you're married. Yep. And you're enough around racing. What is that? 
performer-producer relationship? Is it like a driver-crew chief? Like you just got to – I mean, you got the pipes. You got to sing, but that guy's on the board mixing the stuff you up. You got to trust them, yeah. You just got to know what they're doing. Well, it's just like, you know, you've your drivers, you know, you have – you and Dale just take, you know, yep. he believed in you as much as you believed in him. You knew he could do it. He knew you could do it. And I feel like producing-wise, you know, because there's a lot of stuff. I sing the vocal, and it's up to him. He's – you know he's adding music. He's, right. you know he's moving stuff around, backgrounds and all that. I, I feel, you know, sometimes you just got to look and go. I looked at myself and I was like, if this is my shot, you know, to to put out music yep. that I believe in, you're the guy that I want to do it. And then I don't have any regrets. So my wife, um, the song I was talking about, "Beer on a Boat." Man, that thing will get jamming. I mean, listen, it, it's a catchy tune. I can't sing or I'd give it a little line right here. But what's it, how's the? give me the catch line. A beer on a boat on a Saturday. It's, a few good friends just floating away. I'll tell you, if you can't, that's it. So I'll go out there and we'll throw anchor and we'll go to the Yeti's empty and we'll we'll just listen to that. Oh, yeah. And my wife, she, she laughs all the time because she, you know, she's met you a few times, seen you perform, I think, once or twice, and we were playing once. She was like, this is Duggar. I'm like, yeah, I know. She's like, this is pretty catchy. Yeah. She was going along. So that was the first album, right? Make yep, sure I get yep, the right. That yep. was basically the title track on the first album mm-hmm. in 2015, 14, yep. 15. 15. So, uh, so you have um, that one out in 15, and then from there, basically, when you go play, how much is original, how much is cover, play to the crowd? I usually try to do, you know, it really depends. Like today I think it would be 60, 40, 60 original. Mm-hmm. You know, if it was if it was ten o'clock tonight, you know, I like to play stuff people can't really, you know, they know, you know. You're not set on your own stuff. When you see the crowd, you want them to have a great time. And if I that is a beer drinking cover song, then that's what you'll do. Hey, it's about. I'm trying to build fans and build a relationship. Yeah. You know, if it's singing somebody else's song that makes that person go, man, he played my favorite song. Right. You know, maybe they'll maybe one day one of my songs will be their favorite. What's the go-to cover and the go-to original that gets them going? Ah. Uh, you know, when you have that rowdy crowd, when you're at Watkins Glen and you look out and it is, and people think I'm a kid when I say this, it's a sea of people. There's a lot of people at that. What That's been shut down by the cops, I think, a few times. <laughs> yeah, we've gotten trouble up there. <laughs> I haven't been back in a couple of years because I got in trouble up there about, said the crowd was too rowdy one one time. The uh, officer came over and said, hey, man, you get you need to tell these people to just calm down and the girls to calm down and all this. And I looked at them. And I said, Perhaps stay clothed. Yeah. I yeah, heard that yeah. was happening. Keep their tops on. I said, hey, man, uh, that'd be the most un-American thing I could do right now <laughs> is to tell these people, put your clothes on and calm down. Yeah. I said, I'll let you do it. Yeah, I'll give you the you mic. you want to do it. And he's like, I ain't doing it. <laughs> <laughs> so I was like, all right, well, um, I was, I was like, I cannot. I mean, that's. that's I got him wound up. I'm I the, yeah, I'm, I'm supposed to encourage this, you know. <laughs> Uh, you know, of course, you know, to me, racing, it's a, it's a family deal. You want, uh, you know, all ages to be able to come and have fun. But when it's, you know, 11 o'clock. That's in my the, point, right. In 11 o'clock, you know, out in the infield. Right. NASCAR was built on, on raising hell and partying. We I need to embrace it. it. I love it. Now, listen, I agree. I think um, I think this sport has gone through a lot of different transitions. But the simple fact is I love it because it's all I know. But I love riding through the tunnel of a racetrack, going to the infield either late at night or early in the morning or seeing the partying or the next day going, man, these boys got after it. There are piles of cans everywhere. I mean, you know, a race is more than 500 laps or miles on a Sunday. It's a weekend. It's a good time. Uh, So so what's the one? one? When you have that rowdy crowd, what's the one you know 
that the cop isn't going to like. This is going to push them all over. Well, we do we do some medleys. You know, you've yeah, been yeah. out, oh, man. Yeah. So I do this thing that I go from Song of the South, you know, because, yeah. you know, being, yeah. being from Alabama, and I'll go into, you know, Steve Miller to Afro Man to any, you know, <laughs> it kind of goes all over the place. I feel like that one's one that can get them wound Touches up them all. pretty good. Yeah. And original songs, uh, you know, Beer on a Boat, since it got some, you know, a little bit mm-hmm. of play, it's it's a – So he won't promote. So, listen, if you listen to this podcast, just go right now to YouTube and just Google it. Beer on a Boat, Tim Duggar. When you hear it, you'll download it. It's going to be <laughs> yeah. – it, it, it's catchy, and you're going to want to go on a boat, drink a few yeah, beers. well, that you know, I, I that's kind of why I wanted to cut that song is because in my spare time I like to hit the lake. And, um, you know, I think, uh, you know – Beer on a boat's hard to beat. You know, it it, is. It if is. it's on a Sunday, I, I, I'll, you know, I'll come out there and bring my iPad and I'll set it up. And a night race, uh, the All Star race, I was actually, I went out on my boat, anchored down, had the race on the iPad. It was, it was awesome. I like to hear awesome. that. I like yep. to hear that. You're, you're still watching. That's oh, good yeah, stuff. Man. That's I, good stuff. Gotta, I feel like NASCAR fans know when you're, you know, when you're lying to them. You know, when I I'm sit in this booth, I feel it the same pressure that I think you feel on stage, which is it's taken me four or five years to have comfort to just be me. To start, you know, like I, I have friends that that the best man of my wedding is in the garage area. I was the best man in his. I have Jeff Gordon made my career. Dale Jr., Rick Hendrick. I can go up and down the line. I have a relationship with all of them. And it took me time to call it like I see it. And what I love about the race fan is they don't take BS. Man, if you have – halfway a comment bs what do you really think yeah. i mean they call you right out so now i stand up here and i think well i can have a hundred thousand or two hundred thousand mad nascar fans and one mad driver damn this is what i think and i yeah. just put it out there like i see it you know the same with music i think people want honesty yeah and you know if it's honest they'll get over something that they disagree with you about but they won't let you forget if, if they catch you in a lie or know that they you're not telling the truth mm-hmm. and you know and you're skating around and I feel like that's the reason I, I – first, I'm a race fan. But if I get up there tonight and, uh, you know, here in a little bit and I don't know what I'm talking about, they, they'll they smell that in a minute. You know, how about these NASCARs out there? Yeah, these NASCARs oh, yeah. are fun. Yeah. Look at them. Yeah. You know, if I'm going to be the guy that gets to play I don't a lot care of how races, good the next I'm going to I'm gonna follow it. Yeah. yeah, I don't care how good the next tune is. That's not going to go good. You know, I'll say sometimes if it's – you know, somebody's gotten in trouble, a uh, penalty. Or, yeah, right. You know, we had Bubba get up on stage at Michigan a couple weeks – well, last week. And yeah. He, he uh, you know, I brought up the Kyle Busch thing. So, I mean, I like to I, – I like to – you know, people – that's what this sports – to me, NASCAR is, first off, awesome drivers, awesome cars, team – you know, awesome tracks, but it's partying, rivals. You know, we need all of that. You know, I'm I'm all for all that. Oh, I agree. So you mentioned earlier uh, a new record coming out. So give give us the lowdown. When's it drop? End of November, I think around the 22nd, 23rd. Uh, new EP, and uh, really excited. I uh, you know. And in today, this is going to sound silly, but in today's world, where, where do you buy music? I, uh, I don't want to sound it's, dumb. You know, you stream it. Or you download okay. it. All right. You know, all the streaming services will have it. You know, I mean, we're on a podcast Apple. right now, and I'm not really sure how people get it. So let's <laughs> yeah. just be clear. I I know, you. you know, like like all my smart people around me, and they're laughing, looking at me now. All I say is, get my podcast where you get your podcast. Yeah, you know, that's yeah, like that's my it. pitch. So, well, yeah. I mean, I think the days so of, you just of said going the same to the thing. record Get store. your music where you get your music? Yeah, yeah, pretty much. Where <laughs> you, you know, at this point, if, if you want to illegally download it, as long as you, you crank it up, and you're, turn you're it good. up loud, I'm fine. Yeah, you know, I'm, I'm yeah. trying to trying to build a build a fans, and uh, I'm really excited about this music, though. I, I feel like uh, you know, the 
got the team. You know, you, you know, just, you just you start. This is the first time ever I've been doing this so long that I've can start envisioning stuff like you know mm-hmm. just excited about the future and um you know hopefully uh hopefully one day i'm able to you know really really headline something around here and and do do even more uh with the racing at an even higher level so i that's you know i i don't you know you're a song away in this day and age and and i'm i'm going to release songs that are honest and real and who I am, and hopefully people will like them. Well, when you leave the tickets at Will Call, L-E-T-A-R-T-E. <laughs> Don't spell it wrong. They won't give them to me. Oh, you, you'll, be, you'll, be, you'll be hanging in the bus. All right, all right. I like that. I like that. So I got Tim Duggar here at Bristol Motor Speedway in the TV booth. Brought him into my office for the Food City 500, the night race tonight. All right, so you already mentioned it. The last thing I want to talk about at the end of, I think it's this year, right, your worlds are going to collide, the the NASCAR champion will be crowned in your town, Music City, Nashville. What are we all ready for? Is this going to be like, like I told, I had Clint Boyer on the pit box the other day, and I told my, as I was sitting there, I'm like, I, I don't root for anybody, but if Clint Boyer won the championship, I don't think, I don't think Nashville would have us back. Oh no, it would. <laughs> I mean, it right? It would be bad. Broadway might be burned down. I mean, <laughs> who knows? Yeah. Uh, I feel like you know. Of course, you want, you know you want your buddies to make the make the yeah, playoffs absolutely. and all, but I I could see everybody, even the ones that don't make it, being in Nashville because Nashville is a a place where a lot of them like to come, and uh, I'm excited for Music City to see you know NASCAR uh, in that light. You know, it's been so long, and I think it goes hand in hand, and uh, I'm excited. I'm excited. I'm uh, gonna have to. Uh, Give my liver a little vacation, you know, throughout mm-hmm. the holidays, like, yep. and because I know it's going to be wide open, uh, it's it's going to be fun. And I think getting there, you know, this, uh, you know, the racing's so good. I tell everybody, I'm like, y'all got to tune in. The racing is as good as, as I've ever seen it. It's it's really good, and uh, it's going to be uh, be a good time in Nashville. All right, I'm gonna put you on the spot. I know you have some friends in there, but be an analyst now. Be honest. You just told me you got to be honest. Who are the four drivers that are going to race in Miami for a championship? Uh, let's see. Kyle Busch, uh, Kevin Harvick. Mm, I, I mean, I think you're pretty, pretty solid so uh, far. Let's see. Joey Logano. Yep. Joey or Denny? I'm kind of – I was wondering know, if you're going to go there. So I, I I put it out on the limb that I think Denny's the uh, sleeper for the championship. I'd like to see him get one. I mean, he, he he's, he's he's the driver that's won it, you know, won it all except that. Yep. Uh, dark horse, which isn't dark horse because they're running way better, and I, you know, I, I wouldn't be surprised to see somebody like Chase Elliott in there. I agree. I, I agree. feel like he can pull out. You know, if he can get in there, he can he he can be one of those guys that you know wins at Texas or something. Mm-hmm. And uh, so yeah, that would be. Um, now, was it fair to say this? Because instantly, so that's five. So that's all right. I'm gonna give you an extra one. So I instantly, I don't know if this is fair to say, but I was thinking if Clint Boyer won the championship, Nashville may burn down. If Chase Elliott won the championship, that would be the best-looking party we'd ever been to. <laughs> oh, yeah, I'm yeah. I'm not sure they yeah. let me and you in. Yeah, yeah, we right, like probably I, wouldn't get the invite to that one. <laughs> we didn't have to go down one bar. But I know uh, I've, 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 gotten, I've met up with Chase and Blaney when they, you know, yeah. they, they sneak yeah. over Nashville every now and then. And I know, I mean, I mean, there's a lot of partying going on. If, if yeah. any of them wins, I feel like Clint uh, will be, would be the most – Oh my God! What what happened? I uh, mean, the field <laughs> might not make the Daytona 500. No, no. February yeah. would sneak up on everybody. Yeah, the mayor w- would you know might have to release a statement saying you know NASCAR's really done in this town now. <laughs> <laughs> All right, my man Tim. So uh, we talked about the album. What else? Let's talk about the fall. So what do you got coming up? You hear at Bristol playing any other shows? Any other tracks? 
You know, we uh, my I kind of opened up my September. I got I got some possible tracks I'll do in October, uh, and you know, of course, there at the end of the season, I uh, I kind of opened up to I got to work on this music through mm-hmm. September. Mm-hmm. It's due in October, but you know you. You never know. I, some of these races come on, you know, a month beforehand. And uh, being here at a SMI track, Marcus is always so nice to me and, you know, had me out at the Roval last year. And, um, you know, I've got to do a lot of his tracks. And, of course, you know, uh, you know, just all the tracks. Everybody's just – I'm – I appreciate all the support from from the racing fans and, and the, the the people in the sport. That's the reason I try to support y'all back. You know, I know it's not big or you know on a on a huge platform, but I'm always pro racing. If I go on a if I go on a restaurant or a bar and there's something racing, I don't care if it's if it's NASCAR America or yeah, anything. Right. I turn it on. I like you know, it. Let's turn like every that. TV on. I like that. That's and, working uh, with me. I mean, I'll go in a place and I'm like, uh, like even in Nashville, I'm like banquets coming here. They're you know they're bringing money to this city. Turn that race on. Turn on that TV too. <laughs> turn them all yeah, on. Yeah, yeah. Turn on. Turn the sound up. <laughs> I like. Yeah, yeah. Have some, Steve, Steve might have something yeah. good to say here. So, hey, man. Listen, I appreciate it. It's gonna. It was been a great catching up with you, uh, Tim Duggar. If you don't know him, search him out. He's got some great music, fun music. I, hey, I got a deal for you though. Talladega. I don't. I'm not gonna say this is the first ever, but I am doing. I want your mind's gonna explode here. We're going to do a one-hour fan podcast from the boulevard. Oh, that will be. So I was looking for a co-host. That will be So wild. if I can get you to Talladega, will you co-host my fan podcast? Yeah, let me know. Let okay, me so know. me That'd and Doug great. are on. We're going to take, you know, the big uh, the night before the big big one on the boulevard. Yeah, the, yeah. We're going to take that. We're going to park it at the end of the boulevard the next night. Oh, that And we're going, to, we're going to just get the fans over there. We might have some free libation, have a couple – Microphones out there for everybody. We're gonna have a fan podcast. That's gonna be amazing content. Hopefully, you know. your cop from Watkins Glen doesn't come shut us down. It's gonna be a <laughs> good time. Well, Talladega has always been good to me. So happy for Brian down there. You know, uh, getting the president. He, oh yeah, that man puts in a lot, and and that whole team. Talladega, you know, of course, one of, one of my favorites is home. Yeah, and a big renovation this year. So go check it out here with my man Tim Duggar. Tim, thanks so much. We're here in the booth above Bristol Motor Speedway. Food City 500. The night race is tonight. My man, in just an hour or two, we'll be playing the front stretch. This has been another Latart on location. As always, get your podcast. As we said, wherever you get your podcast, remember to subscribe, rate, and review. Let me know what you think. Thanks, buddy. Appreciate Thanks, it. Man.